Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, I think, and this is the point that um, Anderson has made both here and elsewhere, is that the EU is kind of colonized academia. And it has kind of created its own hinterland of um, ideology, effectively supporting it through the institution of the Jean Monnet chairs, which are hundreds. I think the figure was 500 Jean Monnet chairs kind of scattered around various academic institutions within the European Union now. And so through funding these chairs, it's provided this kind of ideological infrastructure within the academy, not to mention, um, you know, loads of hundreds and hundreds of Erasmus students and master's students, thousands and thousands, in fact, of um, of uh, Euro twinks and twinkettes being pumped out by the academy to support the European Union. Um, yeah, anyway, so I was going to make a joke there about Alex, but he's too old and aged now for that joke, so I'll let it pass. Too so hairy, anyway, too bold. A, lot of yeah, the, <laughs> a lot of the discussion is, so a lot of the discussion is structured around a comparison with the US. And this has become increasingly, I mean, you know, it's been there for a while in discussions of European integration, but it is also becoming more prominent in public debate now, and particularly as a result of the debt crisis, how far the European debt crisis is going to spur unification in the same way that centralization and nationalization occurred in the early American Republic as a result of um, the debt crises of the individual states. And that spurred the kind of greater integration at the level of the union at the expense of the constituent states. Um, I don't I mean, I don't particularly want to talk about the, you know, the history of the American Republic, but I did want to talk a bit about the how far it makes sense to compare what's happening in Europe now with um, the federal structures of the US state. Um, how is that? I mean, is, you know, is it useful? Is it legitimate? Um, and also, he mentions the fact that people, even despite this comparison, people now talk in terms of European integration rather than in terms of European federalism. And I think that's also important. So I was wondering, anyway, I'd be, what do you guys make of the significance of that shift from from federalism to integration? Yeah, he picks this up quite early. He says the, you know, the shift happened in, you know, from the 50s onwards for political reasons. And you can kind of understand that integration is good. Who wants to be disintegrated? Um, you know, that's the bad thing. But, you know, I think it it's that kind of banality, um, that sort of seeming neutrality of the process, that ever closer union. I mean, that's a, a cultural, a political, a kind of economic um, collection of processes, whereas a federation or fed federalizing, that's very clearly top down. It implies something that's standing over and above the whatever it is that's that's federated. So it's also explicitly political there, whereas integration is such a kind of neutral term that could be interpreted in so many different ways, whereas federalism is a political project. Yeah, that um, yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's also obviously partly part partly to to brand it differently from the US. I mean, it's, it's kind of an obvious oh, point, but, yeah. you know, this is not the United States of Europe. It's uh, it's something which is more of a more of a, a you know, a, a union. It used of, to be. Of I suppose the point is, but it used to be, for, you know, that was the vision of the original of the early kind of founding fathers and of much of the kind of inspiration. And I think the fact that it shifted away from that indicates how far it has um, receded from the aspiration to. Um, connect to the, you know, to have any kind of real political vision, an explicit political vision for what Europe stands for in the future, and also to connect to any kind of popular um, aspiration. 
on the part of ordinary citizens. They know they can't yeah. sell it. And so they shift away from federalism to talking in more kind of bland, generic terms of integration, which could be, you know, kind of, um, you know, banal technocratic integration, like Alex mentioned, you know, like free roaming or whatever, to political and economic integration. It's very ambiguous and it gives euro elites plenty of discretion and flexibility with it, how to interpret it and take it forward and backward and sideways as they will. Yeah, integration has to be managed and federation has to be achieved or has to yeah. be struck. Yeah. Absolutely. Sorry, Alex. And, and you know, and, and it precisely coincides, as Perry Anderson points out, with the with a shift away from any notion of a kind of social Europe, which uh, Jacques Delors wanted, you know, around the time of the 80s and by the time of 1990, certainly 92, the time by the time of the Maastricht Treaty, that uh, that notion of a social Europe where it might have more um, kind of... Um, responsibilities and commitments to its citizens um, also starts to to evaporate 